This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 127 of the Laravel News Podcast. My name is Jake Bennett, and with me as always is the wonderful the brand new dad for a second time, Mr. Michael Dorinda. I'm twice the father I was the last time we spoke. We need to have like an applause meter or like, you know, like applause, like, ah, <laughs> like a little soundboard. Yeah. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you. All, so cool. All, so yeah. It all was, the applause uh, is for my wife. She did all the work. I just yeah, kind of yeah. hung out at the at the hospital and, you know. So tell us name, size, weight, all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm going to tell you in uh, in real measurements, not in whatever your fraudulent metric system is. <laughs> so it was Olivia Ray Helene. She was born at 6.39 so p.m. Cute. on the 11th of September, both my 11th of September and yours. So because of time zones, we, we overlap nice. there. Uh, she was nice. Look at that. 2.71 kilos and 49 centimeters. So... She's a little bit longer than what Eli was, so five centimeters longer and ten grams heavier. So they're basically she was a week, she was a week later. So Eli was born at right, thirty-five yeah. plus six, and Liv was born thirty-six plus five. So, um, yeah, she's yeah, he's a bit he's a he was a bit earlier, so he had to spend time in. Yeah, he was three weeks right, right. in NICU, but Liv was close enough to thirty-seven weeks that they're like no no problems. So she was a little nice. little cool. You know, she was 36.5 degrees Celsius, which was apparently cool. That's, the, you know, normal temperature for an adult. <laughs> but um, they, they just had it under lights, under the heat lamps. And, uh, yeah, she's she's ticking along. She's feeding well. She's sleeping well. She's, yeah, she's cool. She Re had a bit of trouble nice trying man. to settle her last night. And, and she's exhausted, the poor thing. And I said, you know, do you want me to come into the of hospital? Of course, yeah. But, you know, we've got Eli at home as well. And we don't want to disrupt his routine and his, you know, sense of normal too much until until mum and and olivia are back home so yeah just for sure just playing it by ear at the moment but yeah this that's that's probably the most exciting release that we've seen <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> never never mind laravel hey, i we've love got, it we've got a baby yeah, exactly exactly dude that's awesome um and are you going to pick her up today actually bring her back home we're not going to pick her up today i think um maybe tomorrow but probably Tuesday at this stage because we had nice. the cesarean. Like it's it's more keeping her in the sure, hospital sure. than anything else. So, but she's she's recovering well. She seems to be recovering a lot better this time around than what she did with with Eli, which is which is good. You know, it was a little bit more about knowing what to expect and knowing what the recovery was like. But um, yeah, she was straight onto the Gatorade and she chugged like two bottles of Gatorade and a and a jug of water as soon as they took she's her, her catheter out. And she's, she's an just expert. like she knows what she's yeah. doing. Yeah, because last time they they took they had to, they took the catheter out and then they had to put it back in and, and and it's not a pleasant experience once you've got the feeling back. So, but um, yeah, oh my. so everything is going well. Yeah. But we need to keep this recording tight because I we do. need let's to go and visit this wonderful child of mine. So let's talk about Laravel eight, Jake. Uh, Laravel eight or eleven seven or uh, sorry, Laravel seven point two seven first. Which I one? mean, let's talk about Laravel eight because that's more exciting. Okay, let's talk about Laravel eight. Here we go. Okay, folks, so Laravel 8 has been released. I will say this is probably uh, one of the biggest releases. And I mean, obviously, in a long time. But mm-hmm. with Laravel 8, it's like there's a lot of really cool stuff in here. So 
Lots of new features. Laravel Jetstream, of course, is a big one. Uh, a models directory. <gasps> Model factory classes, which are amazing. There's migration squashing, rate limiting improvements, time testing helpers, dynamic blade components, and many more features. So we like to start uh, point out that starting with Laravel 6, Laravel now follows Semver. And so we release a new major version every six months. There is a link to the release process if you're interested in knowing how that works. But having said that, let's jump into some of the features here. So Laravel Jetstream uh, is an improvement on the, the existing Laravel UI scaffolding that was found in previous versions. So a lot of times you'd have this auth scaffolding. This is a better version of it. It provides a starting point for new projects, including login, registration, email verification, two-factor authentication, session management, API support via Laravel, and team management. Basically, think about it this way. If you took Spark and split it apart and did all the team management stuff on the one side and then all the billing stuff on the other side, the team management stuff and everything not billing, that's what Laravel Jetstream is. That's kind of the easiest way to think of it. Mm -hmm. It manages all of that for you. And Mr. Drinda, you've actually had some experience installing it this last week. How that'll go? I would not recommend adding it to an existing application. <laughs> it, um, it, look, it's possible. Good to know. It's certainly possible. We were not too far into building out the team side of things. So a lot right. of it was just around renaming methods and, and the way that Jetstream handles current team is slightly different to the way that we were handling it previously. So it was just, it was shuffling things around and, and, you know, just some of the way that things were set up inside Jetstream were a little bit different to what we had. So not an impossible task. Um, I was actually working through it whilst I was sitting in, in the hospital. So yeah, do not recommend, but it's not impossible. But definitely if you're starting a new application, the the ability to have a, a user profile, man like self-management, being able to change your password, change right. your name, avatars, being able to handle two-factor authentication out of the box, which is really nice and, and something that a lot of people look at and having to kind of implement it manually is not very nice, but that's all, all done for you now. Database-based session management by default if you're using Jetstream and team management is is the other big one as well as you know API credentials and things like that and it handles roles right. as well. So if you want to define your roles in the application as well, a bunch of policies for teams and users and things like that, it's 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 really polished there's a few places that taylor has been tweeting during the week that he's been making a little bit more extensible and extendable and, and things like that so definitely keep that keep an eye on that but overall i think it's a it's a really nice thing there's there's a few people that are sort of like you know why is laravel forcing me to use inertia or, or livewire that is not the case they're, they're just the stacks that have been chosen out of the box to to build these specific parts of the scaffolding out um, as well as Tailwind, so it's the the Jetstream scaffolding is is built using Tailwind, and then you have the option of using either Livewire, um, which is a project from Caleb Pozio, or Inertia JS, which is a project from Jonathan Rennick. Those two pieces of tooling are used to handle all of the Jetstream UI and and backend functionality. You do not need to use those bits for your application. So if if you are happy just to have them sitting there and doing their thing unless you wanted to change the front end there's no reason really that you need to dive into any of that that stuff so they're there to facilitate the ui scaffolding and then you build the rest of your application around it basically yeah and the thing is like you know if nobody's forcing you to use any of it to be real honest yeah. like number one nobody's forcing you to use laravel but no one's certainly forcing nobody's forcing you to use jetstream either but the other great thing is it's open source 
I think it is unreasonable for anybody to request that ever that they build it out a hundred times using everybody's favorite stack, like whatever that happens to be, right? So these are just the two that they happen to choose, and they are, you know, the the people who created these are Laravel community members who largely contributed to the building of these portions of it with Jetstream, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to be one of those people, if you want to submit a vanilla JavaScript version or something, hey, go for it. It's open source, so you can do that. That's good. Okay. We've got a models directory back into Laravel 8. So the new application skeleton includes an app models directory. All generator commands assume that the models will exist in that directory. Uh, However, if it does not exist, the framework just falls back and it assumes the application uh, keeps models within the app folder. So if you uh, generate a new Laravel 8 application and you want to keep it as Michael would, uh, all the models will straighten your app folder. Just delete that models directory and everything will Mm -hmm. uh, go back to how it was. We've got these model factory classes, and these are eloquent model factories. They're now class-based, which allows you to uh, have relationships. Um, it's Again, it's like one of those things. It's, it's, I'm not going to explain it on the air. If you go look at the docs or you go look at the uh, attached show notes, uh, you'll see all the amazing things that are, are being generated here. One of my favorite parts is that you can now have your own methods, right? Mm-hmm. Like on these class-based factories, which is really nice. Uh, and then also, I love the fact that I can just call the class and say colon colon factory instead of having to say factory and then the class name. So I like that too. Okay, we've got migration squashing. This is a good one. So if you have an old application, uh, it's not legacy, just an old application that's got lots and lots of migrations, you can squash them down to a single SQL file and it's executed when you're first running your migrations, followed by any remaining migrations. So this speeds up your migration process for your tests, improved rate limiting. I'll let you read through that. Time testing helpers, uh, which I think we may actually be talking about a little bit, but basically the Carbon PHP library, which allows you to do something called set time or sorry, what is it? Set test now, I think is what it is, mm-hmm. which basically allows you to lock the current time or you lock a time uh, in your application. And then any spot where you're using carbon within your application will will use that test time. So uh, basically just introduce some new helpers for that. We have dynamic blade components where you need to render a blade component dynamically. So you have the ability to do that now. Basically, it's like using view. If you use view and you use the is directive, uh, like you can specify the component that Mm -hmm. you're rendering by using is. You can essentially do that now. Uh, So you can say x dash dynamic dash component and then colon component directive. You just pass in the component name. Right. And then you can render it renders out whatever the component is yeah. that you pass in. Uh, lots of cool stuff. Lots more in the upgrade guide. And of course, don't forget about Laravel Shift. If you want a really easy way to do the updates, I think they will also handle moving your class based factories uh, or sorry, moving you to class based factories as well. as Some other fun stuff. So uh, check that out as well. Wow. Yeah. Lots of stuff there. Laravel I, 8. I would I would not recommend doing the manual migration of model out of factories to class-based factories we we didn't have the luxury of using shift because we have our model factories in a separate package so it was it's not actually part of the main app so shift wouldn't have detected them so i did Ah. about 200 factory files manually and it was not fun but they are much nicer to work with now so definitely check that out the next thing we have uh laravel 7.27 is Security fixes aside, I think Laravel 7 is an LTS release. It's probably an LTS release. Security fixes aside, Lar- oh no, Laravel 6, my mistake. Laravel 7 is not an LTS release, but it will receive security fixes until March of 2021. So security fixes okay. aside, Laravel 7 won't see any new releases now. 
7.27 was released with the, the ability to use an alias of the morphed model, which was contributed by the Web Artisan 7. This allows you to use an alias of a morphed model directly in your code. There's also basic padding methods added for strings, which was contributed by Travis Elkins. Uh, this wraps around PHP's string underscore pad method for the both the str and stringable classes. The methods include pad both, pad left, and pad right. Um, that's that's all we saw in seven point two seven, and those those things will feature inside of Laravel eight as well. Nice. On to the news, my friend. We have got a brand new beginner Tailwind course, which has been created by Chris Civella or at Chris on Code on Twitter and on GitHub, I believe. So the course includes 75 separate videos uh, and over nine hours of content. So you get t- uh, Tailwind CSS main concepts. Uh, he talks about spacing with margin and padding, box properties, typography, pseudo classes, which I did not know you could do with Tailwind pseudo classes. Um, I guess unless we're talking about hover. We're talking about like hover and active in that, maybe. I'll have to take a look at that one. I've, I didn't know that one existed. Animations, gradients, layout concepts, lots of good stuff. So if you wanted to start using Tailwind and you're not sure where to start, this course is a great way to go. It's priced at 47 bucks, And if you use our special Laravel News coupon, you can get an additional 20% off. There's that. All right. What else we got, my man? We have the ability to easily change the default database auto increment value in Laravel migrations. Laravel now, why 8, would we want to do that? Why would we want to do that? Well, perhaps you don't want your brand new SaaS to look like it is a brand new SaaS. You want it to look like mm-hmm. it's been around for a little while. So you might set your auto incrementing ID to 1,000 or 1,500 or something like that. So in your migrations, sure. when you create a new table and you have the table ID method, you can chain the starting value method to the end of the ID and pass it a number and that will set the default order increments. So instead of starting at one, it will start at whatever that value is. Um, for most apps, you probably don't need this, but there are situ- situations where you, where you might want to do it. It might be that you've upgraded an application from vanilla PHP to um, Laravel and you want to make sure that the migrations tick over from there. Um, so the, there's the option to do that. It, I, I wouldn't say it's a very common thing, but it's certainly available there if you want to do it. Uh, the next on the list, we have the Laravel installer now, including including support for Jetstream. Uh, so kind of let's maybe let's maybe roll that into the another one, which is updating the Laravel installer. So installing the new Laravel installer, uh, which basically is what you use to scaffold on a new Laravel project, is really easy using Composer. But if you already have it, uh, that's that's really only if you have it already. Uh, let's see here. Sorry, I'm reading this and it's not making sense to me. <laughs> It's really easy to do. I did it just the other day. Uh, the latest level installer is going to be essential in your workflow, so make sure you get the newest version. We have a blog post on how exactly to do so, uh, which is really simple, but if you didn't already hear, it's been released, and it's going to include support for Jetstream. So it goes um, in behind the scenes. Instead of downloading an archive from Laravel's build servers, it does a composer create project. So again, we have directions for how to update the installer. You do your composer require, or if you have some problems, uh, everybody's favorite human, Mr. Paul Redmond, goes through some troubleshooting steps for uninstalling, reinstalling, updating the global composer JSON file, verifying your update, all that good stuff. So uh, that is all in there. But one of the items that he wanted to talk about as well, which is the Laravel installer includes support for Jetstream, which is, uh, as Michael mentioned previously, uh, also has support for either LiveWire or Inertia. And then it asks you a couple other configuration questions, such as will your application use Teams, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. and goes down the list. 
So there you go. That's that's that for the new Laravel installer. One thing that is important to know about the new Laravel installer is that because it's shifted from downloading the zip archive from Laravel build servers to using a composer create project, um, those are actually hosted on Laravel servers. If you do not upgrade within the next month or two, I don't think Taylor has set a specific date, but once those servers are shut down, if you are using the older version of the Laravel installer, you won't, like it just won't work because there'll be nothing to download from. So using Com- mm, Composer Create Project is is the way to go. And that will pull things down directly using Composer. It'll pull down from, from GitHub and, and get you all set up and running. So definitely check out uh, the instructions to update if, if you haven't done so um, and certainly install it if you haven't got it on your computer already. Nice. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Blade UI Kit. Yeah. Hit it. Blade UI Kit is, uh, it's been in development for a couple of months from Dries Vince. Um, and he's been testing and fine-tuning, and he's now finally released this package publicly. Blade UI Kit is a set of renderless components to utilize in your Laravel blade views. And in all essence, it is a collection of useful utilities connecting the dots between different parts of the tool stack. So the Tailwind, Alpine, JS, Laravel, and Livewire. It is made for Blade, which is Laravel's powerful template language. By default, Blade UI Kit ships with components like a countdown timer, markdown and rich text editors, an avatar generator, form inputs, markdown to HTML converters, date and color pickers, and a whole lot more. So basically, Laravel's default alert snippet that is in the UI scaffolding is essentially an if statement wrapped around um, a div class alert, alert success, and all of that kind of stuff. In Blade UI Kit, this is turned into a a Blade component, and you can just reference it as x dash alert. So the HTML attribute is x dash alert, and you just pass it the classes that you want to paint that component with. Um, it just it abstracts the implementation detail away from your views. It keeps them, you know, slim, uh, tidy down. If you've ever used view components, it's the same kind of thing. Blade components are certainly being used a lot more, and they they're a lot more powerful in Laravel eight. So it's easy to 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 nest them and pass attributes down from your application into, you know, the components so you can build them up. So in in the application that we're building, we have got, um, or sorry, in an application that I've got at work, we have wrapped the form input components that are shipped with Blade UI Kit, which are renderless, so that they don't have any opinions about style. We've wrapped them in our own application-specific ones, and we apply our Tailwind classes to that. So that passes down, so you can keep everything nice and tidy. Um, it allows you to you know, automatically set the ID and the name and the type and all of that kind of stuff and preserve all of your class definitions and your style definitions in one place without having to, you know, do the boilerplate uh, the boilerplate code of creating the actual input itself. Um, so definitely check out the, uh, the, the show notes, which will have the blog post in there, which also links to an example Laravel project that makes use of some of the components in the Blade UI kit. It's still early days for Blade UI Kit, meaning that there's probably still some design flaws and things that need to be changed and fixed in future. But it's a, it's a definitely a solid starting point if you're looking at um, getting up and running with some Blade UI components. So check that out. And thanks to Dries for putting that together. Nice job, Dries. Looks really good. Uh, we talked about time traveling a couple of times. We're just going to give some specific examples here. So this is a small helper feature that's coming to Laravel 8, and it's the ability to fluently time travel in your tests. So it allows you to test easily for things like what happens when a free trial ends or the next billing date uh, comes around. Um, so there's a quick example that Nuno shared on Twitter. He In your test, basically, what you would have had to do previously 
It is carbon slash carbon colon colon set test now. And then you'd have to pass in an actual date time string. Or you could say, you know, you could get a new instance of carbon and say, add five minutes to that and pass that in as the set test now time. You could do that. And that's, that's fine. Um, but it wasn't, it didn't look super great. And if you didn't know what in the world it was doing uh, as a person coming in from the outside, then it wasn't wasn't very helpful. So what you can do now is very simply in your tests, just say this travel five minutes, and that will push you five minutes in the, into the future or this travel one year and that will push you one year into the future or uh, this travel two, and then you can pass in an actual timestamp such as user trial ends at. Mm-hmm. Right, so they'll push you to that exact timestamp. And then you can see exactly what would happen in that case. So, for example, you might go get a dashboard route and assert that you can see that your free trial is expired. Right. So it makes your tests very fluent, makes it very obvious exactly what you're trying to do. And so that's pretty awesome. I will just, it's not really a caution. Laravel uses carbon underneath the hood for nearly everything. But if you happen to not be using carbon for something, it's not going to work. This won't work for that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're just using manual date times somewhere, this won't work for your code to be testing because it won't affect those vanilla date times. It will just, it won't do anything with it. It only works yeah. if you're using carbon, right? So it's a little bit of a push, I think, from the community just to say, like, hey, let's let's do this. Let's adopt carbon as like the thing that we're using. Yeah. It is better for sure. Uh, so do that if you're not already. Yeah. Okay. On to packages. Packages, packages. Managing environment variables with a new package called Echo. Echo allows you and your team to effortlessly and securely share non-production environment variables without the overhead of setting up any dedicated secret service. So this is a package by Adam Campbell. He's at Hot Meteor on Twitter. And by design, the package isn't meant for production secrets, but it does provide an easy and secure way to share variables with other project maintainers without the need to set up any of the third-party secret management for development. It works by storing a local fault file to permanently store any environment variable you don't want to lose. In the repo, the package provides a remote.echo file in the root of the repo, and this is comprised of shared encrypted keys using the same strategy used by GitHub for safely storing unique key value pairs. Once you have the initial setup completed, you basically just go echo env colon fresh, and then you can push and pull your env file from the .echo using um, env colon pull and env colon push. So if you've ever used the Laravel Vapor CLI, it's a very similar concept to that. It, it seems like a useful thing, especially if you're in a team, rather than having to you know copy and paste keys in Slack or send emails backwards and forwards and things like that, which, which yeah. I, I know and you know, you've obviously done it as well. Um, this is just a nice way to keep everyone in sync with those credentials and you don't have to worry about giving people access to applications, you know, SendGrid or or whatever mail provider you're using and things like that to give them keys. You can just say, here are the test credentials in this file. Just pull them down as you need them. So definitely check out the readme yeah. for further details and how to switch between GitHub organizations and things like that. We will have links to it all in the show notes. And uh, thanks to Adam for putting that all together. I have two little tag-ons here. Uh, the first one is there is a paid application called invault.dev envault.dev, which we've talked about on the show before. Uh, this this one that we've just talked about, Echo, is specifically not for production secrets, right? Mm-hmm. Not for production environment variables. So that's fine, and that's great, and that's how it was designed. If you needed to manage production-level uh, ENVs, envault.dev might be a good option for you. It's 24 bucks a lifetime, pay once, use it forever. So it is a different sort of beast, uh, but it looks like it's it's pretty well done and, and uh, 
looks cool. One of the things I was going to say is if you do happen to share secrets across your teams in some sense or another, a good thing to look at is saltify.io, which will uh, create these one-time little quick secrets for you. And it's actually got a little plugin for Slack as well. So you can just say slash saltify, and then it'll ask you what you want the secret to be. And then you paste in the secret and it'll salt it. And that way you don't end up with these randomly shared secrets uh, sprinkled around your uh, Slack channels. Yeah, that's for free. That's all. Okay. Let's see here. Manage Laravel assets in cloud with Lasso. So this is an interesting package as well. These are actually two really well done packages. Like they've both got like branding yeah. and everything yeah. around them. They're not just a GitHub repo. Uh, so Lasso's got like this really nice uh, web web page. It's Sam and I actually just messaged him. I think it's I think it's Kari. Kari. Yeah. 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 What it does is it aims to make your development life easier by compiling and storing your Webpack assets in the cloud. So when it comes to compiling assets, you kind of have two sort of options. You can either compile locally and push them up with your Git commits. Uh, But what you end up with that is you end up with lots of merge conflicts. Anytime Mm -hmm. you push something and and somebody else has compiled after you or whatever, there's always nasty merge conflicts. You got to deal with those, which is really annoying. Or you have to do it in the cloud during deployment, sorry, I'm probably not during cloud. That's not in the cloud. That's not probably not the right way to say it, but during your CI, right? And you have to compile them on the server. Uh, and that's fine, but sometimes it can take freaking forever for your deployments because you have to download everything if, if you don't have mm-hmm. any caching setup or something like that. Uh, so what Lasso basically allows you to do is kind of get the best of both worlds where you can compile locally and then you can push those assets up using Lasso Publish. And that will send those values up to a cloud-based storage. And then in your deployment, I think you say lasso colon, what is it? Sync or something like that. And then basically what that will do is that will pull down those assets using the git commit hash mm-hmm. that it uh, that it was stored with down to your public directory so that you can... Uh, then consume those. So your team members that can use the power of their local machine to compile those assets so you don't have to wait for them to happen on the server. Uh, you can all stay in sync uh, using those so that, you know, if they're not they're not committed, right, but it's in a pull request, all you have to do is run lasso sync and it'll pull down those assets for you so you don't have to yarn install and recompile every single time. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really cool. I, I'm a huge fan. I, I'm excited to try this out in my own projects. But we actually wanted to have him on our other show this mm-hmm. last week, and it didn't didn't work out. But uh, eventually, we will probably. So thanks, Sam. Great job, and this looks really, really great. And excited to check that out. Yeah. Okay. What else we got? Another official Laravel package. This is a official one. Yeah, Vapor UI dashboard is an open source dashboard for Laravel apps running in Laravel Vapor. It provides a beautiful dashboard within your vapor-powered application that allows you to monitor your application's logs and failed queue jobs. So this is a package built by Nuno Madura. Uh, it's the, I think it's the first real piece of work that he's done since starting at Laravel. Application and logs in Vapor are sent to CloudWatch by default, and you can now search them via the new Vapor UI and further filter by log type, which includes HTTP, CLI, and queue logs. Vape UI provides a failed, lo- uh, failed job page as well, where you can view a list of failed jobs with the details about the failure, and you can also retry or delete that job. The dashboard is accessible via Vape UI, and you can lock down the access to that page using authorization gate logic in the package's Vape UI service provider, which if you've used Telescope or Horizon or Nova, it's a very similar thing. It's just defining a, a gate in the application 
and then you just specify an array of email addresses by default for your you know users that you want to have access or you can put in whatever other logic you need in there so you can check whether or not that user has a specific permission or whatever and allow them through um so i've been using it a little bit and uh it, it look it's it's a lot nicer than going into cloudwatch and trying to parse through logs and and looking in sqs and things like that so um definitely check it out if you're running an application in vapor you know published an article on the laravel blog outlining the package itself including screenshots and an overview of the functionality so you can definitely check it out we'll have links to all of it in the show notes awesome hey we got one more package we want to go over here and this is one that is called finance it's by austin Kregel. It's a self-hosted finance app that helps you get a better understanding of your personal finances. It's built with Laravel and Vue, and it's a uh, useful application for looking over your finances and another open source example of a real Laravel application built with Vue.js. So you can take a look at this just for reference, or you can take a look at it to actually use for your own local for your own finances. You can browse transactions, group them, set up alerts, and do other things like that. The interesting piece that I really like about this is that you can actually link your bank's transactions into the app using Plaid. So Plaid is what Slack uses to verify bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Previously, like you have to do those microtransactions where it says, hey, we're going to deposit like two amounts less than 10 cents in your account over the next five days. And you yeah. have to tell us what they are. And it's always a pain in the butt. Yeah. So you can use Plaid. And Plaid has an API that allows you to kind of look at... Um, you know, transaction histories or things like that. It it integrates with a bunch of different banks. So you can actually use Plaid to pull down your transactions and sync them into your Laravel app. So pretty cool. Uh, So check that out if you're interested in just seeing an example of another Laravel application built with Vue or if you'd like to use it for yourself. Great job, Austin. Looks awesome. Perfect. Okay. Hey, man, I know that you are on a time crunch and uh, we can we can wrap this one up. Did you have anything else you want to talk about real quick before we finish? No, nothing Nothing else. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's cool having another baby. I think it my tune will change when, when she's at home. I had <laughs> two nights in a row of eight hours of uninterrupted sleep. So. <laughs> um, there you go, man. I better cut that out before... I hope hope Rhea doesn't hear that. She doesn't need to know that I had uninterrupted sleep. Hey, you know, man, like some babies just start to sleep pretty early. You never know. Mm. Maybe like, you know, Eli was a boy. Girls are a little bit different, man. They, yeah. She might actually surprise you. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right, everybody. This was episode 127. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us a little bit. We'd love it if you'd rate the show up if you liked it or uh, share it with your friends. That would be amazing as always you can find show notes for this episode at laravel i'm sorry podcast laravel news.com slash 127 and of course if you have any questions hit us up on twitter at jacob and at michael dorinda or at laravel news make sure you say congrats to michael way to go buddy thank you re congratulations guys all right everyone we'll see you in two weeks Adios.